Hey everybody, this is Eddie Darcius. We are here with Divine Puppet Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Darcius Facilities Management. Darcius Facilities Management, they will manage your property with a variety of services, such as locksmithing, vendor management, building maintenance. We have a great, great guest today. Excited for this guest. Her name is Melva. Melva Lejoy-Legrand. Um, we're excited to have her. She's going to be introducing uh, ourse- herself and she's going to talk about the journey. Uh, Melva, how are you doing today? So much. And hi to everybody out there in the virtual space. You know, I miss hugging people. Um, <laughs> but good to see you. Good to be with you today. I'm, I'm feeling very, very grateful. And I guess I should just tell the folks a little bit about me. So again, I'm Melva LaJoy Legrand. I am the proud owner of uh, LaJoy Plants, which is a DC-based boutique events management firm. I am a newlywed. I am a proud daughter. Um, And I can't wait to get into this conversation with you. Uh, Great, great. So um, thank you Melva, we appreciate you coming here, so let's just have our pump. Welcome to the Divine Purpose Podcast, where we transport you along one of the more dynamic journeys of life. Have you ever been curious to know what it takes to become a successful leader? Or about knowing the secrets of life through the Bible? How about engaging in conversation where no topics are off limits? We will take you to new levels with guests who can help you grasp the importance of your calling. Now, here's your host, Eddie Dacius, founder of Dacius Facilities Management. We're back with uh, Melva LaJoy LeGrand, and she's um, excited. We're going to ask her a bunch of questions. So today, I'm very, I'm very excited today. Because, um, but one thing we like to do is to ask you, what can you tell us about yourself? Well, I think a couple of things that, you know, aren't the the typical things. Um, so I am, I'll, I'll tell the story of my name. So I have the gift of being named after my late father, Melvin. So that's the Melva. Okay. But the LaJoy is actually because my parents who were married and together for 54 years always wanted children, but struggled to have children. And so I'm an only child. And when I was born, my parents said that I was the love and joy (laughs) of their life. So that is why I'm Melva LaJoy and I named my business LaJoy Plans because it's the love and joy of my professional life. Wow. That's a great story. Great story. And (laughs) so what else can you tell us about you? Um, Any childhood uh, memory, favorite childhood memory? Oh my goodness, there are so, so many. But one of the things that stands out to me is my dad was actually my first love. And so my dad took me on my first official date, if we can call it that. And he was a very chivalrous 
individual, you know, he got my door, he did all of the things and really um, gave me the gift of understanding the standard that I should allow as a woman. Now, I made different choices as women and people often do, but that was such a beautiful moment to be on a date with my dad. Um, that stands out as a fond, fond memory. And then the second one, I would be remiss if I didn't say that a lot of people used to call me Little Joyce. My mother's name is Joyce. And my mother was very active in different political organizations. And so I have a lot of memories being dressed as her mini me. Now, as a kid, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would I would make that face. Yeah. But just watching my mother, just watching so many beautiful, strong um, black women take up space in a room. Uh, I didn't know what I was seeing until until later in life now i got it does that make sense no nah, perfect sense perfect sense but i will go to what are the three most challenging event in your life and how do you, they challenge you Sure, I'm going to do um, excellent question three phases of life because i don't know who i'm talking to so the young Melvilla Joy, her challenge absolutely was getting comfortable in her skin. Wow. Um, and I mean that sincerely. So anybody who sees pictures of me when I was a kid, they'll notice that I was bald. There's nothing wrong with being bald as a young person, but I was bald because I would pull my hair out because I was frustrated that I didn't have good hair. So that was the first challenge. Liking me, liking all that excellence, magnificence that comes with black woman magic, I had to get okay with that. The second challenge I would say in young, uh, let's say young adult life was not being so beholden to the life that I thought I was owed. Here's what I believe as a woman of faith. I believe that as long as we have life, yeah. that for me, God has a purpose for me. Wow, and so wow, wow. I shouldn't worry about if I'm married at the right age or if I miss <laughs> or that, because Ooh. as long as I'm breathing, yeah. there is an assignment that I have to do. Yes. I am called to do something. So that was the second one. And then the third challenge, I would say at this stage in life is getting comfortable with this phrase that my, I think my grandmother said to me, and she said, once an adult, twice a child. And I didn't get it until my father got dementia hmm. and that the cycle of life, things shift. And so for those that I'm talking to who are in a season where your parents aren't well, things are different, that is actually part of the cycle of life because they cared for us yes. and the greatest gift you can give and we all know honor our parents the greatest gift you can give is to care for them hmm. wow wow <laughs> that's so powerful so, so far well but i will i will challenge you all on this because fulfill your purpose it's very important because if you don't do it, you're not going to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. But um, was the process for you? Accepting okay. <laughs> who you are. <laughs> the process was, you know, I, 
I don't have the story that says, oh, it was easy and I just read this book. No, 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 no. Um, I made a lot of mistakes. I had to be humbled. I um, am still learning. So the process was not easy. And I don't think life should be okay. easy per se. But everything that I've gone through, I'm in a season where I realized it was necessary. Mm. I couldn't be the wife that I am today. I couldn't be the friend that I am today if I didn't make those mistakes. So I can look at moments where um, I aligned myself with external validation or I aligned myself with people who really shouldn't have been in my life and say, thank you because now I have so much gratitude for where I am now. Yeah. Like I've learned the lesson and I'm still learning the lesson. <laughs> no, thank you. So my next question would be, what is the most important lesson you ever learned over your career? And what can you advise our listeners to? Oh, so many things, but I would say, um, be humble enough to have an appetite to learn and a spirit for um, doing the things that make you uncomfortable. And wow. so that looks like, so depending on where you are in your career, I don't know where everybody is, but yeah. wherever you are, get a mentor, get into a professional club, hmm. create an advisory group around you because yeah. In order to evolve, you have to constantly be learning. I don't know it all. And guess what? I shouldn't. There is somebody out there who should be able to teach me. Um, and I need to be open enough to say, hey, I don't I don't know that thing or, hey, I need help. And I think sometimes we're not successful in our careers because we're trying to trudge all along and we're trying to show that we've got it all together. Here, here's the message. Let me get real close. Nobody has it all together. Hmm. Wow. We're all doing the best we can with the resources we have. So why not open your heart and open your mind to learning new things and learning from different people? Um, you said it well. You said it really well, and I, I like what I'm hearing. So, did you? So, what was your dream job in high? So, I like to ask that question in three levels: high school, college, and then now. What was your dream job? My dream job. Do not laugh, and I'm glad I can't see your face right now. I wanted to be an Egyptologist. That is a thing. Thank yeah. you very much. Thank you to all of you <laughs> listeners. So much so that I had, you know, the hieroglyphs. I didn't know what I was doing, but I just thought that was so fascinating to be an archaeologist. That was in <laughs> high school, and I was on the path. I wasn't really on the path. Um, in college, so I have degrees that have nothing to do with what I'm doing now. Yeah. Um, but I thought I would be an academic and I did that for some time. And the reason why I thought I would be an academic is my mother, who's my forever icon, was an yep. educator. And so I was like, well, what's better than just being a replica of her? Like, yeah. nailed it. Well, <laughs> that wasn't the life I was supposed to have. Yeah. Um, and at this phase in my life, I look at work differently. 
So I think I'm absolutely where I'm supposed to be. But for me, the real work is bringing others along. Yes. So I, I want to be able to provide for myself and my family. But what is so important to me is to use the work that I'm doing yes. to help my mentees, to help others who want to be in leadership positions. That's the work. I want to do the work of, I don't know, this sounds hokey, but I want to make the place that we're in better, even if I'm not around to see it. Oh, wow. So what was the best compliment? you ever gotten the best compliment i've ever gotten i don't know if it's ever but the most recent is um that who i am on social media and i'm not great on social media <laughs> and who you meet in person is the same person Ooh. and and i said i didn't know that was a compliment until i learned a little bit more about social media But I like that I am who I am. Um, and people, I think, see that. There are plenty of times where I'm all glammed up, but then there are moments where I will show myself with a full-on face mask because nobody wakes up like that. <laughs> like, I am who I am. And for me, the reason why that's a good compliment, a great compliment, is it tells me that I have finally leapt over to the point where all of the work I've done, all of the prayers, the therapy, the support, I truly like who I am. Wow. So I don't have to pretend for anybody. Mm. And by the way, I'm not interested. I couldn't keep it up <laughs> if I wanted to. Yeah, so right. yeah. I'm in my happy place. Um. Wow. I like where we're going so far. Definitely great interview. Great, <laughs> great, great conversation. So uh, let's say, um, what are the most thing you are proud you are, you have accomplished? The greatest joy. I don't even have to think about it. Of my life was taking care of my dad until he left this earth last May, May 7th, 2021. There is no better job. There is no better honor. Um, at the end of my dad's life, um, being able, my mother and I would sing to him and we would read to him. And it, it gave me some peace in a very sad, sad time. Yeah. to know that my dad left this world knowing he was loved whole. Mm. I'm so proud that I didn't allow work. I didn't allow any commitment to distract me from being fully present with the man who loved me whole. That is one of my greatest life accomplishments. Now, if you want to know professionally, yeah. I think professionally i am pretty daggone proud that i'm still in business after covid okay yeah. like i know there are a lot of business owners with a lot of ooh, success stories and you know i am grateful for the success i've had but in 2020 i almost lost it all all like down to zero like we're seeing red And so now that I am in, and the business is in a season of abundance where we have to refer work 
mm. to other companies, I'm like ready to fall out of my chair and do a little dance. Wow. Like I am so proud of that. And I don't think it's because I did it alone. I'm so great, blah, blah, blah. I think it's because I just at some point, um, it's some people say it's cliche, but I'm going to say it's real. I let go. I let God and I did the work. Period. Full stop. Hmm. So, so now, so my question will be now. So, can you can you go in detail or COVID really affected you? So it affected me holistically. So number one, let's talk facts. I lost over 90% of my business. That is a fact. Wow. I don't I don't know businesses. I mean, I, I'm sure um, mental health professionals, their business went up. Technology, yeah. their business went yeah. up. But I'm in the gathering business. Nobody wanted to gather. Yeah. So I lost 90% of my business, period. Wow. Um, in addition to that, I just mentioned my father had dementia. He had a lot of other things, but I also watched my parents have COVID for two months. Hmm. In addition, we saw, and I I don't know the numbers, so I don't want to say them incorrectly, but we, yeah. I think every other person I know, knows somebody who died because yeah. of COVID. So the impact to our souls, to our mind, to our emotions, like we're still in this, we're still climbing out of this. Um, and so to be standing, if you're listening to me and you're still standing like, bravo, even yeah. if it's not perfect. Hmm. And uh, in that note, I'll go to your childhood. I know you said you grew up to be um, the only child, right? Yeah. A love only child. Or was it growing up in your in your house? In the household, um, Melvin and Joyce, you know, they they had a language of love that I am so grateful that I got to see. Um, my mom always told me you have to like who you love. And my parents were friends, and that is that is what I think sustained them. That being said, and that love was absolutely in the house, but that being said, you know, as a kid, you don't always let your parents in <laughs> and you don't always share your struggles. And yeah. so I was, I was in a very real tug of war with my blackness, with my nerdiness, with my, you know, I, I, I didn't like life a lot. Um, mm. which is why I'm so empathetic to what's going on uh, nationally with the increase of, you know, people who are attempting or thinking of suicide. Because I can remember as a, a young child, as a preteen, wondering what's the point of this. Hmm. And, wow. and to be clear, I was highly functioning. I was highly functioning, but in my soul, I was at war. So, can can you try to identify what was the like the origin of this struggle? Was it you being um, like you not sharing with your parent, or you be um, what can I say? Most people when they when they don't have a lot of friends, so what yeah. was it? 
Was so it? it was a couple of things. It okay. is not a secret because I've talked about it that as a child, I went through some challenges with um, assault, um, not by my parents, not by my family, but people, uh, person, excuse me, in the community. So there was okay. that. Because once you have that seed, and we all know how manipulation works, right? You feel yeah. embarrassed, you feel ashamed, you feel like it's you. And here I was as a young child who didn't have the, I don't wanna say the vocabulary, but was unsure of how to navigate this. Not because my parents wouldn't love me, when they found out, they, they loved me even more. But initially I was figuring that out, right? That was yeah. one. And two, I would say that I had friends. I can't say I didn't have friends, but if you are a young person who is going through trauma, it means that you're showing, or this is my opinion, it yeah. meant for me that I was only showing up as half of myself, right? Or a shell of myself, which meant that I couldn't have really authentic relationships because there was an elephant in the room. Yeah. And so it was a friendship that was a little shallow. That's not their fault. It definitely wasn't my fault, but it made it hard to really connect with people. Does that make sense? Yeah, perfect sense. And um, we had um MLK Day special with five great guests. But one of the questions we asked them was, when were they introduced to MLK? Was it her home or in So the reason I asked questions, as we know, February is uh, Black History Month, but how can we have our in the next generation know more about MLK or our our background, our history? I think, um, and this is speaking as a former educator, I think it is not solely the job of schools. That is not how I was raised. It was in my home, black culture, black magic, like the black woman magic or whatever the phrase is. I mean, I had a mother who would take the, the books and color the characters brown. Oh. <laughs> if it was a good book, wow. you know, so Sally was now Sasha and Sasha looked like me or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I had parents who um, had their own stories of growing up in segregation. My parents were originally from South Carolina. Okay. My great grandmother on my dad's side was a field slave. And so this notion of slavery, equality, what it means to be brown, like colorism, yep. all of those things were a part of the conversation at the dinner table. So mm. I think the challenge for the next generation is our dinner tables look different. Some of our yes. families are fractured. And now you have to add what's happening in certain schools where uh, uh, minimized version of slavery or whatever wants to be taught but we don't want to teach truth right yeah and so yeah. i feel for parents yeah. but i think if we want to plant seeds of our history our culture um all of the things that make black humans magnificent yep. we need to do it all the time movies books songs because our culture is so 
oh my god it's so it's dynamic so yeah. and i think the world rihanna just said this so this is not me she said the world's just gonna have to deal with it <laughs> yeah you're right you're right and i agree i agree with you i agree with you so now we um we have our interview with melvala joy legrand she's here she's talking about her background her childhood and um we have more with her so the next question will be um what do people misunderstood about you the most um i think most people misunderstand that or think that my life was easy because i show <laughs> up with a lot of joy yeah I think most people think, well, of course, why wouldn't she be happy? Because she has this, blah, 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 right? <laughs> um, where they get it wrong is I had joy before I got the stuff. Yeah. The stuff doesn't equal joy. You got to have yeah. joy. Because here's the thing. If I lost it all, that's the real test. And by the yeah. way, I have lost it all more yep. than once. Would you still have joy? Hmm. I yeah. would. I'm not yeah. beholden to, I am thankful for my home. I like nice clothes. I love my husband. I love my mom, all of those things. But that is not, the things aren't what sustain me. Yeah. I'm built in something stronger. So let, let's quick go on what are your value? So what things, things you value the most? At a premium, I value family over everything. I will pick my family, my chosen family, because yep. it's expanded quicker than you can say, like quicker than anything. Okay. I value my family. The second thing I value and will not compromise is my, I'm going to say slash, my joy slash peace. So here's the thing, you wanna be successful. We're talking about success. One yeah. of the greatest ways to be successful is to not give your power over to people or things that are not deserving. Hmm. Wow. That's why I don't have that stress. And the stress I do have, because I wanna be clear, I do have stress, I chose that stress. But I'm not, I'm not in the business of giving everyone access to my emotional capital. And because of that, I sleep good at night. <laughs> no, that's, 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 <laughs> that's the best thing you, you can have. So let's go to, let's go back a little bit on your, you just graduated high school and you're ready for college. What was the process? Well, um, this is a shout out to HU, my <laughs> undergraduate home, the illustrious, the only HU, Howard University. And I will, I don't want to romanticize it fully because Howard does have its challenges. But what I will say is when I went on the campus tour, I remember seeing um, different professors, different hues. There was one professor who had the biggest Afro I had ever seen in my life. And I felt home. It wasn't that it was perfect, 
but I felt like I saw myself and I saw so many intelligent versions of myself. Yeah. And I knew then that's where I was headed. And let me tell you, a lot of people had opinions of where I should go to school. Like I hmm. should go to an Ivy or I should go to, but for me, Howard was it. And here's the thing. I went to an Ivy League school in grad school. You can do both. Hmm. You can do both and be excellent in both. Um, and I'm glad you said that because um, people have that experience about imposter syndrome where it's like they're not themselves and they go to work, either work or school. Did you ever experience that? Sure. I mean, like if someone says they had it, I'm going to think they're lying. Of course I did. Yeah, <laughs> of yeah. course I did. But not only did I experience it, here's what I think is interesting. And I won't name the company because it's not about that. But I had this job early in my career and it wasn't really working out. Like the supervisor and I didn't get along. Okay. And I've always been a bold, boisterous personality um, in attire and in jewelry. And so I went to the trusted, mature black woman at the company, expressed my concerns, and her advice to me was to straighten my hair. What? That was her advice. I'll never forget it. And she said to me, she said, you know, Melva, I think if you just would straighten your hair, tone <laughs> it down, dial black, dial back your blackness, oh. you would probably do very well here. And I looked at her. Now, my mother, you would have to know my mother to know how certifiable, excuse my language, my mom thought yep. this woman was. And so my mom was like, you know, the next day wear a red lip, wear, tease out your hair. My mom <laughs> was on the other side, but yeah. And I felt so, I gotta tell you, I felt so sad for that woman because she at the time was probably late forties, early fifties. Yeah. And she was still not comfortable in her skin and was planting that seed to the next generation to basically say, and she had what would be the equivalent of a senior director job. Yeah. She was basically saying, if you want to get ahead, you have to assimilate fully because well, yeah. there's no space for all of this. Wow. I, I'm seeing a trend. Uh, I think um, professional air on LinkedIn where people are po uh, posting like, um, especially black women, posting about the air to go to work and i think it's great but um my my experience with that was i had a job in an uh, interview job in boston great company i don't want to say the name either but in that interview i was telling her that i said at the end of the day we all human and she was shocked i said that <laughs> she i think she was unbelief that i i don't know and then i see she was so surprised to see me saying we're all human and she didn't believe it so after the interview i caught her talking to another co-worker saying what i was saying so i, I understand that and at the end of the day we we all and like you said rihanna said they gotta deal with it now 
you better deal with it now so let's go with college first job now you're on your journey to start your own business what was the process how did you get to it so um lajoy plans the business has existed in a variety of forms all right and how it started was i was working at another company that has since closed and they were going through transition and so writing was on the wall that i'm not going to have a job hmm. <laughs> so i better figure this out and so i talked to another colleague and i said i think what we do she was in marketing I had the logistics and the education background. I said, what if we called companies? This is when you would call companies and said, hey, let us look at your program. We could design it. We can run it, blah, 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 blah. And so um, I want to be clear that this business was birthed out of an old school method called cold calling. Okay. And I can't even tell you how many companies we called until finally an association took a meeting with me. This was when you had the big portfolios. Yep. I had no idea what I was doing, but I remember going into the boardroom and thinking, I can't screw this up and you know what you know. And so by the end of the meeting and, and without saying the company, this was a predominantly, there was no diversity, let's say it that way. So I show up yeah. fully me, and at the end of the meeting that particular woman gave me a shot and that one contract turned into a three-year commitment wow and she also recruited other people for me and that's how it started and that's how it's persisted you know if people look us up i think we have a beautiful website now but we didn't always have a website I don't have a gazillion followers and all of that stuff, but what I yeah. do have is a work ethic that won't quit. Mm -hmm. I have a reputation. Last week we gained, I want to say two more clients. Wasn't because of Instagram, it wasn't because of LinkedIn, it was because of referrals. Mm -hmm. And Fine. that is how the business started because look, you can have a beautiful website and you probably should and you should yes. have a beautiful instagram but there is no replacement eventually you got to do the work yes and and i'm a black woman yep. so not only do i have to do the work i have to do the work as a baseline and then and some above yeah otherwise i don't work yeah it's the extra miles yeah definitely you're right so now but do you think um what can I say? So do you, so how much can you put in a level of confidence um, or percentage? What was your level of confidence and audacity <laughs> when you were, <laughs> because I know you need to take risks. I'm a business owner. You you have to do it. You have to do it. Definitely. Sometimes you don't have any clue what you're going to say, but you have to show up and mean business and to get or to land the contract. You mean then or do you mean now? No, then. Like I would say then on a scale to one to ten, I was probably at a five six, right? Like I knew I had to do it. I was kinda like, oh <laughs> um, I was definitely sweating, like it wasn't all together. Now I'm at a gazillion because yeah. 
I I firmly believe in who I am, who's I'm, whose I am, and I know the work comes. I know if I work, it comes. Yeah. I've seen it too many times. But then I was like, oh, yeah, sure, I can <laughs> do this. And here's my PowerPoint. And yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So did you always want it to be an event um, expert? I didn't always want to be an event expert, but what I will say, um, because that came later, but what I will say is I knew that whatever industry I would end, um, enter into, I knew that I wanted to be, um, to have like high expertise, that I wanted to be someone that people said, she takes this body of work seriously. She is someone who never stops learning. Like I wanted to have expertise. And so if I think back to some of my mentors who reared me in events, what I admired about them, it wasn't about the event per se, and I've been around some amazing events, but what it was about is they were tenacious in their craft. Okay. And so to me, being an expert means that I never let myself off the hook. I never rest on, well, 10 years ago, I did this. I am tenacious in my craft. I Mm. study it. And so, yeah, I'm now, absolutely, that's who I want to be hopefully known as. And I want to be clear that an event expert is not someone who does events perfectly, but it is someone who has a body of work, who is always striving for more, and is tenacious in pursuit of their area of expertise that's who we are so let's talk about um who has been your most important professional mentor i can't pick just one so (laughs) i'm gonna have to do three and they would be embarrassed so i'm gonna say miss kim she'll know who she is um miss donna and dr erica three and they are all black women um, at different phases in my life. Miss Kim, I met at Howard and she, um, she's a legend. And she just, and what is so fascinating about her is she is maybe, I'm sorry, Miss Kim, maybe four foot eight. <laughs> but she showed me how it wasn't about your stature. It's about your skill and it's about your communication and it's about how you can build consensus. She was masterful at that. Miss Donna was the individual I met. I had a job um, and I say that loosely, I was essentially her assistant for something, an event at the old convention center, old DC. And she was the one who taught me the sink or swim. So she left me in the middle of a very big event and told me to figure it out. And that was a defining moment in my career. And the reason why that was such a gift is because until she left me, and by the way, she was looking at me from the press box, and I didn't know that until years later, I never would have bet on me in the same way. And so what it taught me was, that I had been seeing her, I had been taking notes, like I had it, but if she didn't give me the push, I never would have leapt to that next phase. Yeah. 
And then Dr. Erica, oh, I met more recently in the past 10 years, and she is graceful leadership defined. She's taught me the importance of tone. So I can be a very short writer, like literally it's horrible. I'm still not where I want to be with that. But she taught me how you can lead with warmth. I was never a yeller. I was. Ne- I don't curse. I'm not that person. Yeah. But you can lead and you can be stern and a woman and be warm and be taken seriously. Hmm. Wow. And she also, because she was an editor, I can definitely say, because I've become a better writer, she humbled and refined my writing where now I like to write. Um, and I am more thoughtful in how I write. Those would be the three. Wow, great, 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 great things um, happening here today. Divine Purpose Podcast with uh, Melva Lejoy Legrand. Um, so let's go back to what was, um, so what's your dream job? What was your dream job? So I know we talk about um, high school, but we never, um, you never given an answer for why now. Is it a dream job or is it a dream event you would like to uh, to manage? Oh my goodness, I have one for you, and it's so sad this story, but it's a true one. So my dream event, I hope someone put this out there, is um, the Grammys. It's wow. my dream event. And years ago, I can't even remember when I had a chance. Well, I do remember when I had a chance to like work a very small job connected to the Grammys and wait for this. I gave it up for a guy. Okay. <laughs> if I can help any human, don't give it up for someone you're not really into. I gave it up for a guy. And so now I am putting out there that I want to get it back. (laughs) So it hasn't come back. But I would love to work. I mean, I would do anything. Uh, Well, let me be clear. Not anything. But the Grammys. One. And then the second thing is Miss Viola Davis, wherever you are. Your next premiere I don't know, your housewarming <laughs> anniversary event with your loving husband. Please call me. I am going on the record. I will do it for free just to hug you and to say thank you for being such an amazing representation of excellence once we get access. Wow. Those are the well two. Said. Well said. So now it's time for... Um, it's time for hot topics. So hot oh topic. boy! It's um, it's a <laughs> segment where we talk about um, question people don't have a chance to ask. So let's go with hot topic now. All right, so we're back with hot topic with uh, Melvin. Melva, sorry. I it's okay. Whoa, whoa, did I say Melvin? You said Melvin. That's right. My dad is with us in I'm this sorry. space. Thank I'm you. I'm sorry, Melva. So Melva, LeJoy, LeGrand. Yes, sorry for that. So Melva, so what make you a good event planner, 
like let's say um you you are in an audition now and you 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 try you land in your dream job and i'm the one interviewing you for that job what would you tell me i would tell you that what makes me an excellent event planner is that the event is never about me it is about articulating through events your brand so i'm your ambassador i'm your concierge i'm your advocate and events are my artistic medium and so it can be as big as small it can be as long as short but it will always be what you want it to be and i work relentlessly to that end <laughs> well said so next question is what skill is necessary to be a great um, event planner? So I think most people would say, you've got to be detailed, but, and that's true. I'm going to say you have to be the calm in the storm. Mm. There are so many things that happen behind the scenes of an event and what you have to be is calm. Because when you're calm, you make good decisions. When you're calm, in my case, your client trusts you, your team trusts you. But when you're frenetic, it is never going to be enjoyable. And this work, for anybody aspiring to be an event planner, this work should be enjoyable. Calm. You need to be calm. Yep. Um, so now, the last question will be, if you had a chance, and I think you said you had that chance, <laughs> and what would you change in that opportunity to go to host the, um, the Grammy? If I had a chance to, to change, we do, yeah, to we do it. Um, so one, I would would have gotten on the flight to do it. That's the obvious one. But I think if I look at my career and think about that event, what I would do differently is I would be in the business of keeping in contact with people. I had the opportunity to be around people who have gone on to have nationally recognized careers yeah. and I wasn't good at staying in touch. You know how you give a number and you're like, call me and you say, call me. I just never back then followed up. So um, now I do. And now, if the Grammys, again, Grammys or Viola, if you call, I'm on the way. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, um, we have, so, three, what are the three, three movies you would recommend to our audience and why? Ooh, okay, I've got it. Um, so, number one, on a serious note, I would say Parasite, which I think won an Oscar a couple of years ago. Yep. It is phenomenal. And the why is it shows um, class disparity, equity. It is such a, a thoughtful film. Um, second is my favorite film. Oh, now I'm realizing I like serious films, but it's also my favorite book. It's my favorite show. And that is The Color Purple. Mm. Um, I think it is such a beautifully written, it, it is one of the few movies where the book and movie live up to the expectation, expectation. equally. Okay. Yeah. 
And then the third, for fun, do not judge me. I love a Marvel movie. Any <laughs> comic book movie. Yeah. Um, I, I I have that kid spirit. So that's what I nah, would say. We, Just we, pick a Marvel. Nah, nah, we fin. We fin too. We fin too. So um, now, top. What are the five influence influences in your life? So you have a chance. So so I'm gonna put a, tri- um, a twist in that question. You had a chance to plan an event, the best event in your life, and you have five people you have to, as a guest, you can have as a guest, who they will be. It would be, um, so Elaine Welterworth, I think she's a phenomenal writer, um, and she's on Project Runway, but I like her book more than enough. It would have to be, I mean, obviously you saw this coming, Viola Davis, yeah. Uh, Tina Turner, her life story and my life story have a lot of similarities. And I just, she's another one that I want to hug. Um, I would also say, oh my God, oh, this is hard. Um, I'm going to say... Uh, I really like this poet, Cleo Wade. I like her her spirit for um, inner grace. And then five, ooh, I can't decide. I'm going to go with Gabrielle Union. Ooh. I think she would be a hoot, and I also liked her book. <laughs> wow. That's five influences for Melva. Um we have Melva LeJoy LeGrand today on our episode of Divine Pepper Podcast. So now we're going to try to close it out. So Melva, what question you wish I asked you today? What question do you wish I would ask? Or no, no, yeah. Ask? What question you think I didn't ask you today? You wish I asked you? Oh my God, I think you asked me everything. I don't know that I could have handled another question. Um, but I think it's probably the now what, like, what am I looking forward to? Like, what's up next? Um, and what I would say is as a newlywed, I am, uh, enjoying the season of being married. Yep. I am, my husband is European. And so for the first time in my life, I'm enjoying traveling. Mm. Um, I want to do something with my writing. I want to show up for people who look like me and people who've had experiences um, like mine. And I want to be a servant and a pretty fantastic business owner. And if I can do all of that, um, life is good. And if I do half of it, life is still good. (laughs) So best event and worst event. Um, best event, I'm going to say the event that I'm planning right now, because it means that I'm still going. So that's always going to be the best event. And I can't say that there was a worse event, but what I will say is the events that have been the hardest have been um, the ones where I, and this was in my business, where I was on the sidelines, like learning, like in a lower role. And I would see people come out of their character and be unkind to banquet servers or housekeepers because there was a mistake. 
And for me, those are the hardest events because I know that nothing should be that catastrophic to take you out of who you are. Um, I would say that in any event, just as a general rule, any event that has bad food to me, <laughs> I like to eat too much to have bad food. So now uh, it's kind of a personal question, but um, did you plan your wedding? Oh my gosh. Yes, I did. Oh. But I had the foresight and I'm pretty proud of it. So my husband and I got married during COVID, which meant we could only have 10 guests in the district. Yep. What I am proud of outside of the fact that it was featured in magazines is that on the actual wedding day, my team, um, Samantha Moore and Morgan Harrison actually executed the day. So I let go. I planned it up until that point. <laughs> and then that day I was in the wedding because okay. that was my moment. Um, and I can't even tell you, it's funny. There were vendors that were there and they were like, oh, I saw you at your wedding. And I can't even tell you that they were there because all I saw was him. Yeah, definitely. So I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be fair for me to not talk, ask about your team. Uh, I've been in touch with Catherine and Jess. Can you tell me about them? Yeah, so um, Catherine and Jess are from Woke Media and they do an exquisite job of managing the public relations and um, speaking engagements that I do as an individual, but also as a representative of LaJoy Plans. But my larger team for the events management company are Samantha Moore, Morgan Harrison, James E. Sims Jr. and Diana Liu are the ones that um, make the event magic happen for our clients. And thankfully, all I have to do is just show up. I'm kidding, but um, no one does quality work or it is very hard to do quality work alone. And so I'm so thankful for everybody on the team. Um, we had Chloe Lucy Simeon already. You know her, Chloe? Chloe ah, Lucy. Yeah, she, she, did an, uh, she did a podcast with us. But um, we always ask our guests to where, uh, refer us somebody they think might be a good guest in our podcast. Would you, would you introduce us to oh my goodness there are so many so i kind of feel like i want to send you an email <laughs> um so let me send you an email so you have a list because i don't want to just name one person and leave others out oh definitely um last word for you melva um yes my last word is this and i wrote about this on instagram I said to a girlfriend last night that maybe the posture we should take is enjoying the win of the moment. Even if the moment is five seconds, one seconds, like collect that win, have it in your mental Rolodex, because when life inevitably gets hard, you're gonna need to refer back to all of those wins, all of the highs, all of the times you laughed uncontrollably Yep. to know that as long as you have breath you're winning wow well said thank you melva thank you. this is eddie dasius on divine perfect podcast 
We're very excited to have um, Melva with us today, and she did a great job. Please subscribe to our channel, Divine Purpose Podcast. Melva, thank you. That was a great interview. I really appreciate it. Really enjoyed it. Learned a lot about you, and I wish you success on your event. Hopefully, your wish come true. All right. <laughs> I received it. that. You've yep. been a wonderful host. Thank you so much. Thank you. I right, see you guys. Bye. Bye.